If you like the show and you want to see more of what Jeff and I do, we have a bunch of other projects. For instance, you can watch me on the Star Wars show every Wednesday at youtube.com slash Star Wars and check out my personal channel at youtube.com slash Acarboni. So go, go do that right now. Listen to the show and then go do that. <laughs> I don't. I may never read a comic book again. This is so hard. What? I know. It's tragic. It's very, very tragic. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, Concerned Citizens. You know, Anthony, as we wind down, uh, we have concerns. Uh, just coasting into the finish line. Spoilers. We're ending We Have Concerns. <laughs> just... You know what's going to happen, though? Uh, months from now, we're still going to get... You'll get tweets and emails saying, Hey, guys, what... I haven't got a new episode in a while. What's up? Uh, what's up? Why am I not getting episodes? Yeah, it'll be fun. I don't know. Listen to the last few. Yeah. Anyway. Find the clues. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a full why we're doing it, why it's ending uh, on our Patreon yeah. page. Uh, we also tweeted it out. Um, next episode will be our final episode. We're going to do something a little special with it. Um, don't worry. Everything is fine. The post will be linked. It will link the Everything post on is Patreon. Fine. We're good. Fine. You're good. We're all good. All right. But we are winding down. One of the very first episodes, one of the, I, th- I would say mm, the first thing we ever talked about that sort of led to this whole show was the Fermi paradox. I uh, was had just read an article about it. I wanted to talk to you about it. We sat down, we turned on a recording device and we mm-hmm. talked about the Fermi paradox, which sort of led us into even doing We Have Concerns in the first place. Which is mostly a bird-based podcast, but we started with the Fermi paradox. Yeah, it sort of evolved into a bird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started- uh, Birds and octopuses. That's really all we talk about. Usually, usually people evolve into more intellectual beings. No, not us. Uh, throughout their life, but not us. Mm-hmm. Well, some might say we did still. <laughs> some might say we were dumber than birds. When we started. We've uh, learned a lot from birds. We have. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Fermi paradox again. Okay. Uh, strangely appropriate. What's new? Still a paradox? Still a paradox, but I All guess right. less well, so. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Appropriately, uh, there is a new article about a new study about the Fermi paradox entitled Dissolving the Fermi Paradox. Now, if you're not familiar with the Fermi paradox, the go Fermi listen paradox. to one of our first episodes. Yeah, the Fermi Paradox trilogy goes, the Fermi Paradox, yeah. uh, escape from the Fermi Paradox, <laughs> yeah, and, and then return, resolving, return. resolving the Fermi Paradox yeah, is the go. third one. Uh, it's it's a real tour de force. It, it is, it's so unexpected, the twists and turns, and you're not going to believe who dies. Fermi. Spoiler alert, Spoiler Fermi alert. dies. Uh, that's the paradox. Is how do you do a whole series after Fermi dies? They just keep going. They just keep going. Um, no, the Fermi Paradox is... The idea that mathematically, based on how fucking big the universe is, it just doesn't make any damn sense that we're the only living, uh, intelligent beings in the universe. It also doesn't make any sense that there's no evidence that there has ever been uh, that observable to us. Oh, intelligent intelligent creatures that have me, you son of a bitch, that have reached the civilization level like we have. So. Purely mathematically, using the Drake equation, uh, it should be the case that we have- Named after the duck that's on Drake's cakes. Is that what it is? I thought it was uh, Nathan Drake. Oh, 
Is that the duck's first name? <laughs> Nathan, yes. The duck on cakes. I'd like to hear the story one day of how that duck became a chef. Yeah, man. And, and I, hope I, no, I hope nobody tells him about foie gras. What if he knows and he's into it? Oh, that's, What if that's his kink? That's, that's, that's a fucked up Drake is what that is. Um, anyway, so yeah. So basically the idea is there, it's weird. It's weird that we're the only intelligent civilization that we have heard of. Right. <laughs> right. There should be at least some remnants, some observable remnant of something. Sure. Right. Uh, and there ain't. So what's, what's the deal? What, what's up with that? Yeah. Great question. What's w- up with that? <laughs> what's up? And there's been a lot of theories mm-hmm. um, about what's up with that. Um, part of them is once a civilization gets to the level where they can finally uh, broadcast any evidence of themselves beyond their, their origin planet, Something bad happens. Yeah. Once you get to that level of technological complexity, this you basically the, kill yourself. This is the great filter. Right. The great filter is the idea that uh, any civilization that gets uh, sufficiently advanced destroys itself. Right. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh, I feel like we're headed. getting there. Yeah, it's pretty close. We're getting there. The great divide is getting closer every day. Um, or the great filter, I should say. Uh, so, the Drake equation. What is the Drake equation? Drake equation is the famous equation. Uh, it's Dr. Frank Drake in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are hypothetical values uh, that he put on the vastness of the universe, the propensity of life to exist in the universe. Mm-hmm. Of course, not measurable things. These are estimates. And this new study reexamines the Drake equation by not... Uh, de-emphasizing the estimations. So basically the idea here is the Drake equation used a lot of estimates, used a lot of guesswork to get to some sort of fuzzy numbers. And then yada, yada, yada. Now we're using those numbers at the end of the equation as if they weren't guesswork, right? right? And, And over time, you would imagine that we would be able to do slightly better and more refined guesswork. Right. And so basically Drake in his own equation says, hey, I just want you guys to know these numbers are estimates. That's one of my favorite things about the Drake equation is it's just like, I just plugged in how big I thought the universe was. Yeah. And I thought, you know, how probable it might be. I that it's probably pretty big. Yeah. And so I, I put in some big But then numbers. like six pages later when he says the result, he doesn't mention the fact that he used estimates. He's just like, boy, look at this result. Look at this number I got. Well, you're, you're supposed to remember that he mentioned that up top, I right, think. Exactly. But a lot of people don't. And as that becomes built into the result-oriented description of what it is, we tend to forget that. So this new study. So what changes? Uh, what have we changed? Well, they build in a, a, a range of values. So they give you now uh, a range of results from the Drake equation. So uh, on one end of the spectrum, this is potentially so I likely. Ta- I want to talk about uh, what some of these values are, what some of these variables are, right? Sure. Like it's it's like a total number of planets, right? It's yeah, like a total I'll, I'll run down. Of, I'll yeah. run it down. So here it is. So the the number of civilizations in our galaxy that we might be able to communicate 
is determined by multiplying the average rate of star formation in our galaxy, the fraction of those stars which have planets, the number of planets that can actually support life, the number of planets that will develop life, the number of planets that will develop intelligent life, and the number of civilizations that would develop transmission technologies. So once we get beyond a certain point, once we get beyond observable planets that can support life, we are essentially making shit up. Yeah, we're using probability and, and a statistical analysis of what we can observe and trying to draw conclusions that are complete guesswork. Which is interesting because it's like, okay, we're assuming that for every X number of planets that can support life, Y number of planets actually does. Right. So that's, that's the thing is it becomes exponentially more and more estimation and guesswork as we go on. Right. But even one of those concrete numbers now, I would imagine, is one of the first ones that's going to change, which is a number of planets that we can observe that can support life. Right. Because we have, in the last, like, 20 years, found... I mean, even though we've only found a few, that's exponentially more than we knew about a couple decades Exactly. Ago. So basically what we're saying is we know of one planet that has created life and civilization, mm-hmm. us, based on how not, not much- brag. Right. Based on how much we can see, we are one in whatever that number is we can see. Right. So what we do is we go, okay, well, if there's one in that, then we know- the that is way, way bigger. There yeah. should be more than one. We'll multiply that by known galaxies. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But we but, found a couple more planets where we're like, oh. Potential. That's probably a life-supporting planet. Sure, sure. Which actually makes things worse. There's a Walmart think, on it. You th- <laughs> when you think Clearly about- Clearly people are getting shit. There must be life there. The ironic thing about all of this, by the way, just a side note real quick, mm-hmm. is the more stuff we see that could potentially support life, the worse- the ramifications are for us. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is the problem, right? <laughs> because because of that great filter. Right. We don't want to see planets that can't support life <laughs> right. that don't seem to have any life on. We want to be super rare. Yeah. We don't want to be common. We want to be super rare because if we're not seeing people, mm-hmm. then there's a problem. Yeah. Because that <laughs> mean I mean, because then we're also going. This is this is one of the other vari- variables, uh uh about the Drake equation that I'm really interested in is the age of the known universe, right? Yes. The age of these planets. Did we miss it? Did we, (laughs) did they die off already? Or is this like a, like a Star Trek thing where it's like, let's observe and let them evolve on their own. Hopefully we're early. Maybe Maybe we're we're the first ones. Maybe we're one of the first. That'd be great. Mathematically, we can't possibly be one of the first. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not true. We could be. I mean, maybe. All of this stuff is based on numbers that get into billions and billions and billions, right? Yes. So the odds of us being the only one and the odds of us being one of a, a million is like kind of kind of not similar, but well, close. Here's the good news about this new study. That using a range of numbers mm-hmm. on one end of it, there's a much higher probability that we're alone in the universe. Hey! So that's actually good news. No one's coming to save us! Kind of a bummer on that sense. Kind Ooh. of a bummer for our cool, like, Star Wars slash Star Trek uh, vision of the future where there's lots of different races and species all hanging out and high-fiving and maybe boning down. Jeff, can I tell you what I've, what I've always hoped? For the boning down? 
Well, number one for the bone and down. Yeah. Um, if you if you look at my wife and I have our lists, mm. you know, <laughs> yours are mine's uh, mine is just like number five is just like any sentient alien being. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's a that's a pretty wide swath she it's let you put on there. It's a wide swath. Yeah. But it's also like mathematically it's 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 not the least likely because Oh yeah. But it's it's unlikely. I think it's cool that she lets you put categories at all. I mean just that one. You can't just be Everybody like else Bond has to be girl. a real person. <laughs> Everybody else has to be a real specific yeah. person. Anyone who's ever appeared in a Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah. <laughs> or I feel like is pretty enough. <laughs> yeah, anyone, <laughs> anyone who appeared, who, anyone, appeared in a Victoria's Secret catalog. Anyone who would have me. Yeah. <laughs> That's on my list. I, she, and you know what? She's like, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's like, like, those odds are low. I'll yeah, take that. I'll take that ahead. bet. Anyone that'll have you. Go ahead. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Put on some cologne. I wish you all the best, she says. Uh, but no, I was going to say that the the one thing that I do you remember, and even I I was I was a little young for this, but it was on and it was on in reruns, and my dad was really into it, so I was really into it. The greatest American hero. Oh, fucking love that show. The greatest American hero. Fucking love that show. A substitute teacher. Yeah, takes a, a class full of uh, degenerates and delinquents on a field trip into the desert. Yeah, baby. For that, whatever. As you do. As you do. Uh, they let a substitute, number one, lead a field trip. Mr. Hinckley. Mr. Hinckley. Uh, Ralph Hinckley. Yeah. Um, and he drives this bus out into the desert. Yeah. The bus mysteriously shuts down. Mm-hmm. Aliens show up. Give him a suit. They give him a super suit. Give him a, they give him an instruction booklet on how to use it. Uh-huh. And he loses it. Well, the first thing he does with the instruction booklet is the suit could do lots of things. Super mm-hmm. suit. Uh, he shrinks himself down to the size of a particle of sand. Mm-hmm. He sets the instruction booklet down on a giant boulder, which is really just a particle of sand. And then he says the thing to make himself big again. Leaves Uh-oh, the book. book down there. Uh-oh. So, uh, classic super mistake. Classic super mistake. So the whole deal is um, there is a an FBI agent that was supposed to have the suit. And also loves dog treats. And like got there late. Yeah. Uh, and they, the aliens mistook this teacher for the FBI agent. Right. And, and the suit bonds to the first person who wears it. It's a security measure. That's right. Uh, and now this FBI agent has to teach this like- Wing, wing ding, fucking flighty. Hippy dippy, Mr. Hinckley. Mr. Hinckley to be a superhero. Yeah. And they have no instructions on how to do it. No instructions. He doesn't even know how to fly. Uh, and every time they show him flying, he flies the wrong way. Like oh, he's flying yeah. upside down. He's waving his he's arms waving, around. Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, that's honestly the one future that I was hoping would happen. The, the greatest American hero future. The greatest American hero future, where I am randomly out in the out in the mm, nature. Yeah, some with sort your, of the nature. With your class of students? No, no, no. I'm oh. not a good person like Ralph Hinckley. I would mm. never be a substitute teacher. That tracks. Um, but I'm out alone, maybe avoiding people. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm on the run from the law. I don't know. It depends. There are a lot of possible futures. That's what we're talking about. And uh, the aliens come and they give me a suit. But if the Drake equation, I know, isn't working. Yeah. I don't get my suit. You don't get your suit. I do not get my suit. <sighs> the good news is we're probably, I mean, there's a, so 30% chance mm-hmm. based on this new fuzzy numbers that we are alone in the universe. That's pretty good. That's, you know, basically one in three that we are okay. That we're not part of some pattern of civilizations that have wiped themselves out. Mm-hmm. We're just the first and only ones. Okay. That's that's all right. Less bad. Now, what are the 
No greatest American hero suits. No greatest American hero suits. So that's what I don't like about this one. Yeah. The other thing I don't like about this one is what does that mean? The chances are that uh, we are and will eventually become part of some sort of- Oh, we're the suit makers. Massive, no, Mass Effect, Star trek oh, sort right. of future. Yeah. What are those percentages? What is, what's the percentage that there are- other intelligent uh, planets out there. We just haven't seen them yet. They don't go into this. They only tell us the hopeful number. They don't tell us the why scary, is, sad number. Why is alone the hopeful number? That's uh, really weird to me. It says, um, um, the mean number of civilizations in the galaxy may be fairly high, say a hundred, yet the probability that we are alone in the galaxy is 30%. So there may be a hundred galactic civilizations. That's enough for a, a Mass Effect yeah. party. I like that. Uh, it's That is the best of all possible futures. I wish they gave us sort of a, a number on that. And then, of course, there's the other future. There is the... Um, there's the Stephen Hawking sort of future where it's like, no, 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 no. Don't meet these people. Yeah, they'll destroy us all. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Why... What do you think when an ant like when an ant is crawling on your arm? You don't. You flick the ant. Right. We're the ant. We're that, the ant. We're the ant. You know. That's the other thing. I is think it? ultimately what you can say with all of this is um, when you look up into the sky, who could it be? Believe it or not, it's just it's me. Just me. Yeah. Rob, let's just end this episode by playing the entire theme song to The Greatest American it's Hero. It's one of the best ones. It's very good. And then follow it up with the theme to Taxi because that's just like a good oh, theme Oh, so song. good. And we can't get sued now because we're ending the show. <laughs> yeah. Come at me, Tony Danza. <laughs> William Cat. Yeah. I'll take both of you on. You're both old. Angela. Mona. Samantha. Mona. This, we've gone off. Jonathan. Uh, maybe they will come and destroy us and it will be for the best. Yeah. Uh, what do you think these odds are? Do you do you think the new theory that we are alone is a comforting one or an, uh, uh, one that makes you nervous? I mean, that's the paradox part of the Fermi paradox for me is all my life, all I've wanted is for that moment where the aliens finally arrive and the paradox is, oh, that's bad news. That's bad news for us. Do you think maybe they have super suits? Let us know on Twitter. I'm at A. Carboni. I'm at Jeff Canada. And you can hashtag those greatest American hero. Yeah, believe it or not, it's just me. Ooh.